0: Whenever anything goes wrong, it obviously takes a bit of a hit to us. Note, if you have a problem with genitals, just tune out now. This is a very interesting topic, guys. Um, <laughs> getting on to the most exciting part of this podcast, we have a new arrival. Hey, you guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Blob The Podcast with me, your host, Kate Lewis. Yep, afraid it's still me, guys. (laughs) If you're expecting to hear somebody else, it's still me. But I feel like we need to have a really good catch-up, because it has been a good week and a half since we last, like, did a podcast on here and last caught up. And so much has gone on since I've last spoke to you guys. Because initially, I really wanted to do a a good couple of podcasts a week, and it's something that I really enjoy, and I've had such good feedback off you guys in regards to the podcasts, so I really enjoy doing them, and I'd really like to do them a lot more often going forward, but... This last week has been so hectic, I haven't even had chance to sit down, let alone record a podcast or film a video. And so I'm really pleased the stress of this week is is done for now, hopefully. Touching wood currently, guys, <laughs> as not to jinx it. But I really, really hope the stress and chaos of this week is over for now. And I can get back to filming some more content for you guys, both on here and for YouTube as well. But so first, I thought we would have a bit of a catch-up, because like I said, so much has gone on. Initially, we've had some problems with a couple of the horses, so as some of you may know, or at least should know now from the title of this podcast, I actually run a riding school, and I've only been open for a few months, but I'm really enjoying it, and that is my my sort of full-time job and youtube and everything else is kind of like a part-time thing with the like equestrian influence i hate the word influencer but that kind of side of things um i do that a little bit but it's never been my main job um although i would love it to be so yeah i've opened a writing school and i've had a writing school open since the first of june And we only have a small riding school, there isn't tons of horses, um, because even though we we have 28 horses, we only use about 10 for the riding school. So it's not super, super big. Um, And because of that, whenever anything goes wrong, it obviously takes a bit of a hit to us. So initially, a couple of weeks ago, Nova, who is our biggest horse in the riding school, He went a little bit lame. Very, very slight, very, very minor, only about 1 tenth, and I've had Nova for a long time, and I know him very, very well, so I knew immediately what he'd done, and he used to do it all the time, so it was the first night of the year that he'd been in for the night, and he has a tendency to get, like, cast for a second in his stable, and then... Well, Whilst he's, like, pushing off the wall to free himself, he, like, bashes his leg on the wall. And he's a very, very sensitive soul. So he came out the next day and he was slightly lame. And I thought to myself, I know what you've done. You've just bashed your leg on the wall and got all sensitive again. So he's had a couple of weeks off just to have a little break. He was kind of due a bit of a holiday anyway. So I thought, you know what? take a couple of weeks he probably didn't need all of that at all um, because it, like I said it was just a little knock so after a couple of days he was looking a lot better and he's had the chiropractor out to visit just to check everything over and stuff as well and he's all good and good to go but obviously that took a bit of a hit because we have a lot of adults that come to ride Nova and um, the other big horses but Primarily Nova is the best behaved out of the big horses Um, because Tilly and Harriet are both also licensed to use in the riding school, but unfortunately they are very advanced horses. You could not put a beginner on them um, or an intermediate rider. They would have to be very advanced riders, which we have a good few of that come to the riding school, so they occasionally get to have a ride on them. But Nova is the only one that's safe enough for a beginner. So we were a little bit down a rabbit hole of, Oh my God, what do we do? Because Nova's, Nova's off and I've got all these people going, When can I come in for a lesson? When can I do this? So for a couple of weeks, I had to turn them all away, which obviously also affected the income for the riding school. And it was a bit of a nightmare, guys. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and on top of that, guys... The following week, Minnie, my little, my little, I say she's grey. She looks like she's grey at the moment, but she's actually, like, blue and white in colour. Um, when she's clipped, you can see it really clearly, but when she's not, she just looks grey. Um, she's my little 13-hand pony, who, again, is a very popular pony in the riding school. A lot of kids ride Minnie. Um, Minnie went slightly lame, and... I say lame, technically lame, I guess, but just very footy in front. She's been barefoot her whole life and, uh, this year, we've had to make a few changes around and put some fresh stones down on, like, our little road down to the arena and stuff. So she has been struggling up and down there for a little while, and there's no other way to get to the arena, no other way to get to the stables. So it's just been going on and on for a little while, and she's been getting a little bit foot sore and footy in places, but never lame, always fine. Only very, like, short-term as she's going over the stones or just after. And... The last like couple of weeks, she also went a bit too footy and uh, ended up getting like a bit bruised in front. So I had to wait until the farrier came last week, and she does now have shoes just on her front feet because I think that's the best solution for her at the moment. um, Because we have tried boots and stuff with her before, but she's just not a fan. Um, And initially, even already, she's a lot better. Obviously, it's going to take. A little while before her feet are 100% again, but she is sound as a pound now um, and uh, getting getting more and more and more comfortable every single day. Um, and by that, I mean she's like moving faster again. <laughs> uh, less ploddy and a little bit faster and a bit more whizzy, which is how we know and love Minnie. So um that's definitely the best decision for us at the time. I know a lot of people are... You know, concerned with putting shoes on horses at all, but I always think it's each to their own. And to be honest, we have twenty-eight horses, and only about eight or nine of them have shoes on of any kind, um, either front and back or just front. Um, a lot of them just have fronts. Evie just has fronts. Minnie just has fronts. Um, then uh, the newbie, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, just has fronts. Little Sam just has fronts. So. There's a good few that only have front shoes on. Um, And then we've got Carly. Carly Nero. Nova and Big Sam have shoes on. And Tilly um, all round. Uh, And that's just the best thing for all of them. It suits them and uh, suits their current work regime. But there's plenty of horses that are in work, you know, the same amount. And don't have shoes on. And that works perfect for them too. I always think with horses my opinion is that whatever's best for the horse if you can go barefoot then that is definitely the best solution um but there are cases where it just doesn't work for that horse um with the work regime that they're in and uh, it's much easier and safer to have a pair of shoes on and as long as you have a very good farrier and you're checking them regularly as soon as you put a pair of shoes on in my opinion, you should no longer be going eight weeks or 12 weeks or anything like that. Um, Six weeks wants to be the absolute max. Our farrier comes every four. So that makes things a little bit easier and a little bit safer. Um, But yeah, that's the chaos we have had in terms of horses being out of work and poorly. Alongside that, we have also had super super busy times in the riding school and so much going on there's been shows this summer we actually have a little show team going on so they've had a show recently as well um which is obviously like a full day, getting ready and stuff, and and then going to the show and the aftermath and everything as well. And they all did really well. I was so proud of them. Obviously, I can't give details as to the names of the students and stuff, but we had a lovely girl riding Minnie and a lovely girl riding Sam. Well, actually, we had two people riding Sam, um, one doing a dressage test on him and another doing a couple of little jumping classes on him. And he did Min and so did Minnie. So... Minnie actually went clear in the clear round and then just had a circle in the jump-off, not in the jump-off even, her second round. I don't know where my brain just went then. Um, (laughs) but that is really good. I always think for first time out to a show, um, for the little girl that was riding her and that was incredible. Um, so, so proud of them. But also they build courses so difficult at local shows. Um, And I don't know, I can't be the only one that thinks this, but some of the courses they build at local shows, some of the ones you see at these titchy shows, like just in a field somewhere, are actually harder than some of the BS courses that I have been out and jumped in my career. Like, it's insane. Some of the turns they come up with, I think it's just because they're not obviously super frequent course builders and maybe a lot of them don't ride... That much themselves. Um, some of them do, of course, but others really don't have that much experience course building, so I think they sort of just think, oh yeah, the horses will make this turn easy, and then when you're actually riding it, it's like a full-on, like handbrake motorbike turn. Um <laughs> So it was sort of one of those. And um Minnie has like this cute speedy little canter, so I think she just needed a little bit of time to get to that fence. So um yeah it's it was a really good good positive round though really nice and um yeah really good and then the other girls um the girl that did the dressage test on sam uh actually won the class, which was brilliant again she was really surprised as well um Because, like me, coming out of a dressage test, every time I do a dressage test, I come out and go, that was awful, (laughs) that sucked, and uh, she was very much the same. I was like, no, no, it was was good, don't worry, it was actually really nice. Because I think a lot of people think if it doesn't look super, super smart, then you're gonna be seriously, seriously marked down, but with dressage at a low level, especially getting into it just to start with, it's more important that you're hitting all the right markers, and you're keeping a nice, consistent rhythm on the way round. and they're seeing a little bit of relaxation from the horse, rather than them going round in, like, a perfect outline, and... You know lovely frame and bend and all this um you know as long as they're relaxed they're in a nice rhythm and you're hitting all the right points and concentrating on on the shapes that you're riding you know your circles half circles things like that and hitting the right marks then you're gonna get a pretty nice general score yes if there's something really flashy there um that you're competing against you're probably not gonna beat it but just generally you'll end up pretty well placed if you just do a nice rhythmical test um which she definitely definitely pulled off really really well and uh yeah well deserved first place i think she got about 64 65 or something which again really good um actually beat Tilly. Um, I took Tilly and Tilly was a psycho, guys. Um, she was a lunatic. I don't know what got into her that day. Um, I hadn't ridden her for a couple of days, which I guess was my fault. Um, I naively thought that she might behave herself um, like she normally does because she's pretty good normally when you give her a few days off. But no, not that day. She was a psycho, guys. <laughs> she was a lunatic. I went across to the warm up ring she was spooking all over the place and then she just decided to start bronking and rearing it was the one time I was actually quite pleased to be in my dressage saddle rather than my jumping saddle because some of the bronks and stuff she threw I'm not quite sure whether I would have stayed on had I been in my jumping saddle but the test score and stuff that I got for Tilly I think in her second one she got I think she got 62 in the first which was Already the lowest score she's ever had doing dressage because Tilly is a real natural with the dressage um. But she was so tense and so spooky. She literally halfway through her first test guys I I kid you not she stopped dead and spent like an entire minute just stood there Like staring at something. I could not get her to move So I just had to stand there and keep stroking her and scratching her neck trying to calm her down while she acted like a dragon and making dragon noises, like I always say. And uh with her tail up in the air, like every trot was just her prancing round. I was like, oh my god. Get me out of here. <laughs> so for a second test, obviously it was a prelim. So we had some canter going on. And uh she cantered not too bad in the warm-up. But just the entire time I had to ride her so quietly. Because she was like a bomb about to explode I was literally cantering around in the warm-up thinking oh my god if I even touch her with my leg she's gonna bomb like she she's ready to erupt guys and anyway I did my test in the ring and it is a very memorable test and test sheet after because all my comments just say like well sat oh that was a shame Um So we ended up getting a 59 in the second class which unbelievable like I did not think that was even possible for Tilly but then I think Tilly thought between K and A pick up working can to left and at A perform a huge giant enormous launch book and then proceed to bronk down the following long side so i think we lost the majority of our marks down there i think she got a three for that segment of her uh of her test and maybe a four on the other range she did pretty much the same on the other range just not the massive launch book at a so yeah not great from till not her best performance um so a lot more work needed but I feel like she just needs time to get out to loads of shows and loads of outings and things. Cause at home she works beautifully and at shows, as soon as she settles, she works the same beautifully. But if she can't settle and she just goes all tense and uh stressy, spooky and ridiculous. So I feel like it's one of those things it is just gonna take time with Tilly, unfortunately, and uh yeah, and we're just going to have to keep keep going, keep tracking on with her. Um But yeah, we've had so much going on. So obviously, like I said, it's been the school holidays. So then Minnie was off after the show, um, you know, a few days after she was off and uh, Nova was already off having some time away. So it was a nightmare trying to squeeze everyone in that wanted to come for the summer holidays because obviously new people coming is great because they could become regulars you know they all really enjoyed it and stuff but having less horses than usual when we already don't have that many is a bit of a nightmare and I am really really passionate and very like sort of set in stone on how much I will work the horses so it is not an option to me to be working the horses more than I would usually work them despite being too down so um So yeah, we've just done what we can with the situation that we had and that's all we can do. So um, I squeezed as many people in as I could, when I could and if the horses had already worked that day then and I couldn't fit any more in, then that was that. So um, yeah, it's been busy and stressful though and in this last week we have had lots of vet visits, unfortunately. We've got a few things going on at the moment and we've also had Farrier Day, um, which this month happen to be everybody so basically with the farrier guys we have him coming every four weeks and he is incredible love my farrier he's absolutely brilliant um the best farrier i've ever seen and the most passionate farrier i've ever seen as well god forbid we have any like minor problem or concern um you know he's straight on the case and uh saying how we can do this 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 and this um you know to help out and stuff but touch wood we haven't actually had any foot-related issues, um, you know, that could be farrier, farrier caused, or foot shape, or any anything like that kind of cause. Um, since my farrier, I won't name him by name. Um, I I very doubt he'll ever hear this, but but yeah. Um, <laughs> since he started shoeing them, and it has been fantastic. It's it's like a weight off because before. Well, obviously, a lot of you guys, if you've been following me a while on YouTube and stuff, you may have heard me talk about farrier problems that we've had before, and basically sadly, the farrier we had several years ago um unfortunately messed up the horses' feet so badly that uh that my entire team of show jumpers basically ended up going lame and it basically finished my show jumping career at that level um which is something that I will have to live with forever um and it will always get me down because I was doing so well with with all of them um but yeah they all ended up with different relate different foot related problems um and uh yeah so that wasn't that wasn't fun but my current farrier then took over from that point um he actually does a lot of remedial shoeing at the Equine Hospital where our horses go so he took over then, and has done an absolutely phenomenal job since like he has been incredible guys and uh he started doing a few of hours at the hospital, and then we started taking a few through to him, um where he's based, which is relatively near the hospital as well um and then, after that, we decided, look, do you know what um we'd had another farrier in between or a couple of farriers in between him and the first farrier. Um, so we decided, do you know what, I'd like him to just come and do them all, you know, for peace of mind. So, um, we just paid him a rate to come out and, uh, come to the yard. Obviously, there's a lot for him to do, so, uh, it works out fairly well both ways, and it's an area that he likes to visit and stuff too. So, um, I'm hoping he will continue to come to us long term, because... It's, uh, it has been an enormous weight off, um, because I used to just worry every single time the farrier used to come. I used to be so stressed and worried, and every time he'd leave, I'd immediately be looking at the feet going, oh my god, you know what, I don't think that looks good. I don't think they're balanced. I don't think this, that, and the other, and yada, 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 but our current farrier, honestly, I, I look at the feet after, and I'm like, oh my god, they look like perfection, um, and the horses move beautifully, and they're all so happy, and, Touch wood sound and uh yeah, they're great and he's he's just been brilliant and um any like non farrier related foot problems we've had, like Bob he's um Bob is very difficult, um because he has arthritis in his hocks. So um so he struggles with um picking his feet up that high. Um and my farrier gets literally right down to the ground and supports him. And he spends ages with him. And uh, it's just brilliant. And I mean, the first time we met him, um, I think actually the first time we met him was for Ziggy, when Ziggy had gone lame. But um, that was only very briefly. I th- in fact, I think I th- I think we literally just saw him as he was finishing him up because Ziggy was staying in after having x-rays or whatever done. Because um, Ziggy had like a... Uh, I think in the end they said he had, like, a collateral ligament damage in his front front right, I think. Um, but that was also due to the farrier we had at the time. So um, that was when we first met him. But the second time we met him um, was with Nero and Evie. And uh, we'd taken them through to the hospital to be shod with him. So um, Nero had actually been... How do we say this lightly? Um, (laughs) I don't think there is a way to say this lightly. Nero had been thumped by one of the farriers we had in between our really bad farrier and my current farrier. So, um, we had a couple of farriers in between to sort of see how they would get on. And one of them actually thumped Nero. Um, and, uh, Yeah, basically, I didn't see it happen. He always insisted on doing them outside the stable, but I saw him thump Evie as well. So, um, and that was his last day, obviously, at my yard. Um, (laughs) so, uh, yeah, he used to insist on bringing them out of the stable to shoot them. I was like, that's fine, they tie up great, they're all really good. Um, I was like, do you want me to bring them out? Do you want me to hold them? Do, like, what do you want me to do? I'm here all day, you've got me at your disposal. And he was like, no, it's fine, I'll do it myself. So... He'd already done Nero at that point and uh, I just saw him get Evie out of the stable and there's a bit of concrete outside the stables and then it's just a grass field. So Evie, bless her, just went across to get some grass at the end of the concrete. You know, where they just put their head down and just walked to the end of the grass and with his right hand just pulled her up, left hand smacked her in the face. And uh, immediately I was like, right. That's it. You're off. Um, so, uh, so I let him shoe Evie because she was desperate to be done. And then it was like, you need to go. So Evie, bless her, is a typical mare. She really didn't give a crap. Um, <laughs> she uh, she sort of just looked at him as if, like, if you do that again, I will kill you. <laughs> um, but Nero, like, after that day, Nero was, like, almost impossible to shoe. So I think he's like because i think nero would have done the same thing as evie so if he's done that to nero as well then that will have been what caused nero to all of a sudden i mean it was clearly what he'd done because uh nero all of a sudden went from being perfect and really easy to shoot to the farrier couldn't get anywhere near him um so uh so anyway the first time he went in to see my current farrier at rainbow um nero wouldn't even go in the room with him because he had such a farrier problem um And my farrier was amazing and he literally just said look i'm not gonna not gonna rush this not gonna force him it was it was already like six o'clock in the evening um when most farriers would have already just finished for the day and gone home um but my farrier he just went to the car just rang his wife and was like look i'm gonna be a little while um before i'm home for dinner and uh, then he just came back got a cup of tea and just stood there and talked to us for ages and gradually moved closer and closer whilst he was talking to us and just stroked Nero and just gave him the time that he needed so many professionals and I understand why but they're just rushing around all the time and uh you know not really in not really doing the best by the horses when they're when they're really stressy and like that because they do need time and I get time is really hard for people to find but I was so grateful to him that day for finding the time to give to Nero to help him get over his issue and he now shoes perfectly again um but my farrier does bring Nero always has like a moment when he first comes of like oh the farrier is here um so my farrier actually buys him a pack of polos every time he comes to shoe him and uh he um we have this discussion a lot, but he said, oh, I think I've got Nero right where I want him. And I was like, mm, I think it's the other way around. And uh, Nero is there. Every time he goes in the stable, he's like, where's my polo? <laughs> Excuse me. any payment for entry into the stable. So he's now just even more spoiled as Nero. But yeah, no, my farrier has been brilliant. So he's been here. And with him coming every four weeks, shod horses, get done every four weeks and the barefoot horses get done every eight so um it works out really well so every other time he comes he's got pretty much everyone to do there's a couple of shetlands that will go 12 weeks because um, they really don't grow that much foot tall um but other than that everyone gets done every four or eight depending on how much foot growth they have um but yeah, definitely the shod ones every four, and then everyone else. It just depends how they look at the time where he's here. Um, so uh, so yeah, this last time has been a very busy day because not only has he had all the horses to do, but we've also got two donkeys, um, and they are on every twelve weeks because um, again they don't grow that much foot. But it was their turn today not today that I'm filming it, this week even, I don't know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> it was their turn this time as well, so super, super busy and uh, super, super stressful. But we got there in the end, good few cups of tea through and we all got there. So uh, the horses all have nice, fresh feet uh, whilst I'm talking. Um, but yeah, we've also had vet visits, guys. Um, unfortunately, one of our donkeys, Jerry, has... Um, a big, like, sarcoid appeared, um, but we're pretty certain it's like, well, sarcoid is a form of skin cancer, so it's, it's cancer, basically, um, and it is, uh, (laughs) note if you have a problem with genitals, just tune out now, um, it is at the, um, sort of side of his penis on his sheath, so, um, there's, it looks like, unfortunately, with, like, sarcoids and sheath and penile cancer in horses it's very fast and rapid and just appears very quickly so my dad actually does the donkeys not me um so I hadn't seen him for a few weeks and uh last time I saw him was about two and a half weeks ago and he was fine I always give them a really good thorough once over and uh because Nero had penile cancer I always check under and there was nothing there um or at least nothing notable at all so um anyway when uh my dad shouted me across and i went to go see him he was like oh he's got a lump on his penis it looks all like red and nasty and i was like oh god i'll go and have a look um <laughs> good job for me and uh so i went across and oh my god has that grown fast because it is flipping massive um and uh obviously the longest it could have possibly been there is two weeks because i saw him then um, but the vet said that's not uncommon. Um, they came out to see him, obviously, um, to see what they thought it was, um, which we were already pretty certain. I mean, obviously, it has to come off. Um, but, yeah, it was it was a shock because uh, when my dad said there was a lump and he's, he doesn't normally, like, overreact and stuff, so I was like, oh, okay, cool, I'll just go and have a look, expecting to see sort of, like, a little, a little bump in the sheath or in the penis itself or something. Um, and, oh, my God, it's like a... I would say it's a good one to two inches um, and it's like a full-on lump coming off the side. There are a couple of other bumps as well but the vet said it's not uncommon because what happens is it grows very very rapidly behind like within the sheath So, um, so you can't actually see it and then all of a sudden it just like Bursts out and grows really rapidly because it's got more space to grow Um, So it can get to that stage really really fast like within days. It can grow massively, um, which is obviously what's happened in his case, so We've had vet visits out to him, but he actually goes into the hospital on Wednesday um, because uh, He obviously has to have it removed Um, I'm not sure at this point as to whether he is going to keep his penis or not. Um, (laughs) Which is a a very interesting topic, guys. Um, (laughs) I don't know how we got onto this. But yeah, because the the cancer itself is quite clearly on on his sheath. Um, It's in a few places on his sheath. Um, But obviously the more sheath they have to remove, which I'm assuming by the look of it, the places they are definitely going to have to remove... Um, I'm assuming they're going to have to remove quite a lot of penis as well because it's got to be able to retract up into something um, and if they're removing that much sheath there'll be nothing there so um, and he needs the sheath to protect it so... To protect the goods, guys! <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think they're going to have to remove quite a lot of it by the looks of it, um, which is scary. Try not to think about it too much, because um, any procedures for donkeys can be a little bit more invasive and a bit more difficult to do than on horses. So he is going in on Wednesday anyway, and we're not expecting to get him back until Friday, at least. So, um, yeah... And how expensive it is to do all of that will depend on whether they do it standing under sedation um, or under a general anaesthetic. I'm assuming, by the way, our vet bills are looking at the moment, probably be under a general, um, you know, just to just to add some uh, some lovely bills um, for us. But yeah, he has been poorly, obviously. And then my bigger concern, because he's my baby um, this week, has been Nero. Um Nero obviously had a brush with cancer back in 2019. Um, If you weren't following me back then, it all happened very quickly. So Nero actually had a slightly swollen sheath. Again, guys, continuing down this lovely topic of sheaths and penises. Um, (laughs) So uh, he actually had a slightly swollen sheath, which was completely unrelated to what eventually turned out to be an issue. Um, So the vet was out doing vaccines and I'd said to her, could you just come and have a look at his sheath? Um, It was in the middle of winter and stuff, and uh, I just said, look, he's fine in himself, he's eating, he's drinking, looks great, you know, hasn't lost any weight and things, but his sheath is just a bit swollen. And she had a look and she was like, oh, look, I think it's just a a minor infection and uh, it sort of amplified the swelling a little bit with him being stood in a little bit more because the weather at the time... Sorry, guys, I just burped into the mic. (laughs) I hope you didn't hear that. but yeah, the weather at the time had been really, really bad, so he'd been in a little bit more than usual. They they always go out for a bit every day, but rather than spending seven or eight hours out, he was spending like a couple of hours out, as you know, as little and when and often we could. Um. So uh. So anyway, she was like, "Yeah, no worries, but I'm gonna have I'm gonna sedate him and um just check his penis over and stuff as well while I'm here." I was like, "Yeah, yeah, go ahead." Um. So um. She gave him a little bit of sedation just to get him to drop out the goods um (laughs) and uh yeah anyway we were looking looking at that and uh and even then it took a while to find it because even then you still couldn't see it but at the very tip of his penis um when she like folded it back I don't know this is the worst conversation I've ever had on a podcast um (laughs) he had very very small little like ulcerations at the top just a couple in a couple of little places um but yeah immediately she was like i think this needs checking out in the hospital and i immediately said to her was like is this cancer tell me now and she was like it very well could be and so i immediately like literally she pulled away in the car I rang the hospital, and uh, they were like, look, the soonest appointment we have is in, like, like six, seven days? And I was like, no, today. It's got to be today. It, this was the morning. I was like, I, I can bring him in right now. Like, I need him to see someone. He's got to have this done. I was like, it's Nero. And the woman in, in reception, like, she knows how obsessed I am with Nero. Um, and Nero, obviously, he wants for nothing. He he gets what he wants. So, um she uh she was like okay look give me a sec and went and spoke to um who our usual vet was and he was, he was like right bring him in so uh so we took him in and literally that afternoon nero had to have half of his manhood amputated um just to be on the safe side it was confined to just the tip of his penis um but just in case it had spread a little bit he decided to take half um so uh, Nero still has a little bit of penis but not not massive Um, but we don't talk about that to him because uh obviously that that would be uh (laughs) that would be very mean so we always say say you know his he's got the goods and that's how he likes to likes to hear it so um (laughs) but that was his his brush with cancer a few years back um and then recently like we've had him he's just had his like four year check for it so um he looks great down there still no problems um but a few weeks ago we also had there was a little a tiny it's literally the size of a pea but there was like a little lump come up on his shoulder and obviously little lumps and bumps are not often a concern in older horses nero is 23 now um so he does have the odd little lump and bump come up sometimes um but for older horses that is fairly normal But the other day I noticed, oh and obviously the vet when she saw that said, just keep an eye on it. The other day I noticed though, it, although it doesn't seem, it doesn't really seem any bigger to me. um, If it is, it's only extremely minor, but that's probably also, I think to myself, if I check it every day, I'm not going to see it grow that much. So, um, I, I just, I've always, I've felt on edge since I first saw it and then the other day, a little lump came up near it and I was like no not happy so um so he is going in later this week as well to the hospital I'm assuming they're probably going to remove the lumps um and have them biopsied just because I am a massive worrier and hopefully they are nothing um and they're really tiny lumps so I don't think they're going to leave much of a much of a mark at all if they do remove them Um, obviously poor Nero is going to have like a little, a little piece of him missing there. Um, so, uh, that'll be something I've got to keep a good eye on, especially at this time of year. It's still being quite hot in the UK. Um, so with like flies and stuff, I'm going to have to be careful. Or it may be that the vet recommends that we wait a little bit longer before potentially removing them. Um, just because, uh, it is still very flyy. Um, and with it being sort of up on his shoulder, it's a difficult place to like, keep a dressing on if you know what i mean because there's nothing really to strap round. you know it's not round his belly it's not round his neck it's not round his leg like it's literally on his neck like but at the sort of bit in line with his shoulder so the very very base like near his withers so it's there's not really anything to strap a dressing to so uh so yeah unfortunately um it looks like he's going to be going in and having that done um but also i'm going to ask them to run a couple of blood panels as well just general bloods because He's just been... He's still his... He's fine. Like, he's his normal self around me and the foals and stuff. So he's out in a little herd with three foals and then Bobby. um, And Bobby's, like, second in command in the herd. Nero has always been in charge. He's always been the boss. And what I have noticed recently, and again, this could be completely age-related with him, but he's not, like, fighting as hard to stop Bobby from taking over so Bobby will come and try and take some food off him and he's like he'll tell him to go a bit but normally he he like tells him big time and Bobby's like okay okay all right leave, it's fine I'll go um but now it's just sort of very half-hearted and Bobby ends up like getting some of his food um never much because I'm always there watching Nero eat and uh anyone goes near him I'm like go away <laughs> so uh so he doesn't actually get any but I do watch the behaviour for a bit, and um, I'm very, very, like, focused on watching behaviour, so I have noticed that that's been happening a bit, and um, obviously in the herd, in the wild, the stallion would get, like, the stallion herd leader would just get older and older and older until... Eventually, they get old enough that the second-in-command will just push them out, I guess, of the herd. Um, So that's what appears to be happening now. And the reason they would push them out is either from age or that they sense they have some kind of underlying illness, which makes them weaker to control the herd. So my concern is that maybe Bobby is seeing something that I'm not, um, you know, and sensing something that I'm not. So I just want them to run some bloods and check that there's nothing going on internally that we can't see um you know because i am just a massive warrior, um (laughs) so uh so that's what i would like them to do obviously but yeah and uh otherwise we've been doing lots of other stuff as well obviously i've been getting the rest of the horses fit and back into action so we've got evie harriet and obviously i've got tilly and carly as well um, who have been in work in more recent years and stuff, obviously, they've been in work all the time and just sort of ticking over here and there, but neither of them are that fit at all, so, um, I've got all four of those to get fit again, um, which has been a challenge, because finding the time to do that alongside the writing school and alongside doing things like this, um, is difficult to say the least but we're getting somewhere they're starting to get a little bit fitter each of them and um we're still a ways off yet before potentially being able to jump Evie and Harriet again um and like Carly's maybe a few weeks off being able to do a bit of jumping because she has been ticking over um throughout the riding school opening as has Tilly like they've been doing little bits here and there so they're not like ridiculously unfit they're just not like competition fit so I think when they first head out in the next week or two um well two three weeks then uh, they'll just do like a couple of little titchy classes or maybe just even one little class um depending on how fit I think they are at the time um, but Evie and Harriet, for those of you who haven't followed for a long time, Evie and Harriet were two of the horses that were affected by our poor farrier that we had years and years ago. Um, and, uh, he messed up their feet and they have had four years off. I think Evie actually has had five years off. Um, Harriet's had about three and a half, four years. Um, and each of them in that time have had a fall. Obviously, um, Harriet had the lovely blue who is now massive and evie had the lovely poppy who is also now enormous um she is way bigger than i ever thought she could possibly be and she is not done yet she's still so bum high um so she's got a lot more growing left to do so uh (laughs) that's stressing me out a little bit because she's gonna be definitely bigger than if, if she's not bigger than 17 hands by the end of this then I will be shook like she is enormous she's massive she's already she's bigger than Harriet and Evie is the smallest of them so uh Evie's 16 hands that's Poppy's mum um she's a lot bigger than Evie and she's slightly bigger than Harriet she's bigger than Blue she's bigger than Skippy she's bigger than all of them um she's lovely though really really lovely but yeah they had those foals um did Evie and Harriet um and uh Evie got the all clear alongside Harriet to come back into work last December and uh obviously with the riding school opening I didn't have time to do an awful lot at the beginning of the year but after that we decided to crack on a little bit more and uh it was quite funny I had a vet out at the time and I was like what do you think I should do this is what I'm doing in terms of her routine and stuff at the moment and like I'm just taking it really really steady with her and he was like what injury did she have and things and I told him and he was like oh, okay um and uh, I'd said basically what I'd said is that she'd been back in work for five months Um and he thought that the accident had happened five months ago he'd misheard me and he was like okay yeah I think you'll be okay with that injury coming starting to come back into work now Um, just obviously take it nice and steady and I was like oh no she's been back in work for five months she's been off for four years and he was like oh my god then just crack on <laughs> but I am so hesitant guys to just crack on with anything um so i could probably have had her jumping and competing out this summer if i'd wanted to but i just don't see the need to rush and i think in my head obviously there's no guarantees that either of them are going to stay sound harriet i would say is more likely because her issue was basically like a man-made navicular so um with the lack of care of her feet they've gone so flat and long that it her like navicular bone and the whole well the whole confirmation of the foot had just dropped so it was basically like a man-made navicular um so with the confirmation of her foot having now improved it's essentially made it so that she on paper shouldn't go lame again Uh, i can't rule it out obviously but um but she is better so um so that's her but evie obviously did have an actual like injury there um and they were only my she had several injuries on each foot but they were only very 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 minor um but because there were several of them there was it was a lot more um but they were in the best places in terms of healing so i'm hopeful that she may come back but like i said in my head um i think if i give her more time and do it really slowly then if she stays sound, great. But if she doesn't, then at least I know that I didn't rush. I didn't do anything that could have, that could have caused it, and it just wasn't meant to be, basically. Um, but yeah, she's doing really well. So is Harriet. Um, Evie feels nicer out hacking than she does in the school at the minute, but she always did. Um, and uh, it takes her a little while to get her balance back really nicely in the school, whereas Harriet's a bit more of a natural with it. Evie likes to sort of carry herself in the school very low when she's trying to gain her balance. So, obviously, in these early days, she's, like, just trying to hang her head very, very low to the ground and stuff, Um, you know, and pin her head between her knees and things, which she does not do when she's out hacking and things. She's really good. Um, But, yeah, it's just what she does. All horses have a different way of... um, you know making it work when they're a little bit unbalanced and things obviously in the school you're doing much tighter tighter corners and things like that um circles and whatnot so um so yeah it's just working on her balance but that's something that will come gradually for her I'm sure and uh and Harriet is feeling great as well so they're both just slowly progressing doing little bits more and my aim and my plan with them is to basically get them get them fit come this winter and uh evie like i said was checked up on in the december so my plan is to basically hopefully if she continues to stay sound um same as harriet then um i will maybe start jumping them at home or maybe even the odd local show here and there um at like end of october beginning of november time um and then the plan is to do a few bits and bobs like that with them and then take them back in in December and have another full work up done at the hospital. And then at least they'll be in what will be like their full work, Um you know, so if they can cope with that and they're happy at the hospital, that they're fine and thriving and doing really well, um, then we crack on and continue like that. Um And then at least if not, you know then uh they've seen them in their full work and stuff and we know whether they'll be able to cope with it or not if that makes any sense so um that is my plan with them but now getting on to the most exciting part of this podcast is if you follow me over on instagram you will notice we have a new arrival um the lovely freckles joined us this last week um And she is just a dream, guys. I'm so in love. Um, But, yeah, she is technically for the riding school um, predominantly. And this was instigated by Nova going lame. So, basically, all the riding school ponies kind of have, like, a counterpart. And... Nova doesn't have a counterpart um so like Minnie works closely with Beauty and Little Sam and Big Sam um Big Sam works closely with Jess who um is one that I'm also going to talk about a little bit in the next podcast um and Beauty because I don't think a lot of you guys know them um but yeah they all have someone else who like if they were off poorly or anything that is a very similar height and um, experience level and everything who could nip in and take over for them for a bit. So um, everyone has that apart from Nova. And we've been saying for ages at some point we're going to have to get someone to come in to um, help Nova because uh, Nova needs a counterpart. And obviously I have horses that are similar heights. Um, You know, like Harriet and Tilly could take anyone who rides Nova height-wise. But experience-wise, you could not put a beginner anywhere near, or even an intermediate rider, anywhere near Harriet or Tilly. They would just kill them. <laughs> if they dared to, like, get on and, like, use a bit too much leg or, like, click at them or, you know, do do any anything wrong at all, like, they'd just be like, nah, not today, mate, and just ditch them immediately. So they're not suitable for a beginner. Um or even an intermediate rider. So uh, advanced only for them, which means Nova is the only horse we have that can take a beginner or an intermediate rider. Um, And obviously he's getting on as well in age, he's 19 now. um, So he wants to be doing a little bit less. So I think the plan with Nova, the sessions he enjoys the most are the two ends of the scale, like the complete beginners and the advanced because he enjoys with the complete beginners just running around on the lead rein and stuff and in the advanced he loves doing the more intricate work in the school um just once or twice a week um and then he enjoys the hacking so he could do hacking with anyone he's really good um but freckles then i was looking we decided right now is the time we need to find someone for Nova, um, so I was looking and looking, and I found the lovely Freckles, um, Freckles has come all the way from down south, so obviously we are up north, we're, like, right on the north Yorkshire coast, um, Yorkshire gal, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Freckles came all the way down from near London, um, so she's made a long trip up to us, but yeah, it was just perfect, and, um, the guy who, um, sold us Freckles, he does a lot of supplying horses for riding schools and he said look i think judged on what you told me and stuff i think she would be ideal but she's a lovely mare i care a lot for her as well and uh you know obviously uh she may not be perfect for the riding school so with that in mind i want to give you like a trial period with her so um she's currently sort of like on well she she's not on trial we bought her she is ours um but she is under warranty for a couple of months um which is nice but i'm really 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 hoping that she's staying because i adore the mare i think she's lovely really really lovely so um she's on quarantine at the moment um any new horses, and I, and I actually had quite a few questions about this on Instagram, so I'll talk about it a bit on here, um, uh, every new horse we have, we quarantine when they arrive, because it's just not worth the risk of them potentially having anything wrong with them, so, um, yeah, the main things we're quarantining them for are, like, equine flu, strangles, um, EHV, things like that, um, so, uh, so, yeah, the main, the main one, I would say, is strangles, um, So uh, Strangles obviously has a two-week incubation period, which means there can be up to two weeks after the horse has been exposed to Strangles before they start displaying symptoms that would put you in a cause for concern. So I always assume when we get a new horse in, I always treat it as if it's worst-case scenario and this horse may have just contracted Strangles and be bringing it onto the yard, basically. So I always take it like that. Uh, what we have with our setup is we have uh, two side. we have fields at both sides of the road from where our house is. So we have our house at one side and lots of fields behind it, which is where the main yard is, where the arena is, where the stables, everything like that is, um, and all our main fields. And then across the road from our house, we have several other fields um where they go mostly in the winter um things so there's one with a field shelter that we use in the summer and we that one we also use as our quarantine field so what that means is i have a couple of shetlands over there actually diddy and dolly quarantine with new horses because they're really sociable shetlands um and they're really easy to get along with um and they're very very hardy um so they're obviously all up to date on every vaccine and all of those things um but yeah having horses come in it's very difficult to quarantine them on their own for any period of time because they may not be happy on their own and stuff so that's why i keep the shetlands over there um just to keep them company so the plan with freckles is on quarantine she actually gets tested as i'm filming this she gets tested tomorrow um for strangles so she'll have a strangles blood test um where they test for the antibody um to strangles. so if they've ever had strangles before they have an antibody against it and uh, basically the problem with the blood tests for strangles is that if she has ever had strangles before in her life then she will test positive because she will have the antibody even though she may and i'm pretty certain she doesn't have actual active strangles um so in which case they have to have a glutal pouch test um which is like a scope down their throat and uh up the nose down the throat um to check they basically don't have it um so i'm really hoping she just passes the blood and she hasn't actually had it before in her life then that would make life so much easier um and uh, she can just come come off quarantine then but Yeah, fingers crossed. It's uh, nice and simple and she can come off quarantine because I really want to start working her and uh, doing lots of stuff with her. And um, yeah, I'm hoping as long as she's a good fit for the riding school, she will be here for the rest of her life. Um, She's a really lovely mare and on the ground and stuff as well. She's just so, so lovely. Um, So yeah, she's been quarantining and that's why we quarantine them. Um, and we have like hand washes over there and strictly whatever clothes and footwear you wear over there, you can't wear on the main yard. Um, so that basically in worst case scenario, if she tested positive and she had strangles and it was active and she had it now currently, um, then we would know that only the ones over the road with her were at risk and everyone else over our side of the road would be fine. Um, and we just have to keep them isolated and separate and deal with the ones that have it. Um, rather than integrating them all and uh and then realizing that if she has it she's probably given it to everyone on the yard and it turning into an enormous, massive problem. Um so yeah, it's just a controlled thing and anyone going across to see Freckles and visit her and stuff just has to make sure they almost like decontaminate after. Um and I hate quarantining because it means that I can't like go and give them massive hugs and stuff. Like I love I'm a hugger. I love hugging. Um so uh I can't go give her big hugs and stuff. Um, I have to wait. I'm mainly just sort of touching her with my hands and then washing my hands after and things. Um, So I'm really excited to be able to go give her loads of kisses and cuddles and I really hope that that is in the next couple of days. We should hopefully, depending on what time um, the vet comes tomorrow, um, we should have the results come Tuesday. So I'm filming this currently on Sunday um so the vets coming monday hopefully we'll have the results tuesday if not wednesday um so we'll be in the next few days hopefully that she is off quarantine and over with us but yeah she's a a lovely all-rounder guys um and uh yeah she've we had lots of videos and stuff of her and uh yeah she's a lovely little all-rounder um you know she I don't think she's jumped any, like, massive fences or anything. I'm not sure if she's ever been to shows and stuff. No idea, but she's just a lovely all-rounder and should be a fantastic addition to the riding school, hopefully, with some time. And, uh, yeah, you can tell she's been really well looked after. And she is a lovely, lovely mare. And uh, my farrier saw her for the first time the other day, said she's got good feet too. Um... So, that's good, at least we don't have to worry about that um, and her feet had recently been done, so they're not to do until next time um so yeah, I'm really hoping that she's a great fit, and um, I know she's not the finished article yet, and um the guy who sold her to us also said she's obviously with her schooling and stuff, there's more work to be done, but she is you know she's a safe and sweet mare, so um. So, yeah, with that in mind, I'm, uh, I'm not bothered if she's not the finished article. It doesn't matter to me. The main thing is that she's safe and nice to be around. That's the ultimate goal. So, I think, um, as soon as she's come off quarantine, I will start working with her and I will be working with her for at least a good two or three weeks, um, before anyone else gets on her. Um, and uh yeah the first time she comes across to where the arena is and stuff she'll probably have a few days where she just comes across for a couple of hours and goes in the stable um maybe comes out and has like a little lunge or something just to get her used to the routine of coming over going in a stable that she's never been in before and uh having a bit of exercise um i've got the saddler coming on the 14th so um saddler will come and fit her for a saddle I do have some saddles that will probably fit, so um, it'll just be a case of uh, doing some adjustments and stuff. um, Because luckily I have a good few ranges of saddles um, that are fully adjustable and stuff. Um, She will probably end up with a bait saddle I have, because she's quite short-backed, so she might even be in like a 16 and a half. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I haven't actually told you what Freckles is, guys. She's a 16-hand flea-bitten grey mare. She's 13 years old. And yeah, she's a um, an Irish sport horse, but mostly by the looks of how she's built and stuff, she's very much Irish draft. Um, a lot of Irish draft in her. Um, so yeah, she's lovely though. I'm really, really excited about her, and I have really fallen for her big time. So, I think if if she wasn't right for the riding school, I'm kind of tempted just to steal her for myself because. I really like the look of her (laughs) but anyway I incredibly I did a massive plan for this episode and I was gonna talk all about the riding school and what it's like to run a riding school and what led me up to opening it and all about all the horses in the riding school and stuff I literally had a tiny bit at the beginning of like why we've had a stressful week and uh, a little bit of a catch-up and that has turned out to take the entire hour of this episode to have a catch-up and talk through that. So, yeah, I think next episode will be the riding school episode and we'll go from there. Uh, but thank you very much guys, as usual, for tuning in and please let me know over on Instagram and, um, you know, and other platforms, wherever you're hearing this, uh, to what you think to the episode. And anything else you would like me to talk about, anything else you'd like to see on YouTube or anything like that as well. Um, because I love hearing what you guys think of um whatever's going on and the things that we're doing. So um please let me know what you think. And uh, yeah, I will see you guys very, very soon with another episode of the podcast and hopefully see you over on YouTube shortly as well. I will be putting an upload schedule on soon because I'm hoping to get back into regular uploading both on here and on YouTube um but please keep an eye out my instagram is what i use the most so keep an eye out over there for um any updates and stuff on that but yeah thank you guys for tuning in and i will see you very soon with well i won't see you you'll hear me very soon with another podcast (laughs) bye guys